Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search. Brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and you're all around hiring guru. And man, have I got a show for you today. So hang on. If you're looking for a job, you don't need to look much longer because we're going to get you fixed up. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome Christy Meenan, founder of We Write Now, certified resume writer, job search strategist, and LinkedIn pro. Christy's goal is to help ambitious professionals get the clarity and confidence needed to keep going. She offers services such as resume design, job search strategies, custom infographics, what? And personal branding. She believes there's a strategy to help every job seeker make their way to the top of the resume pile. Chrissy, I am so excited we finally made this happen. Me too. Thank you for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so my golden question that I always ask, how did we get connected? So I feel like we got connected from Jennifer Loading. Yes. Yep. She is, uh, I got connected through to her through another gal and uh, it just kind of opened up all kinds of opportunities for me to help job seekers. So it's all about the connections. Yes. And so it, it's just like, this one may not be the right one, but this one may introduce you to the right one. I tell that to clients all the time. I'm like, if you don't feel like your immediate first level connections are the right people, you're missing an opportunity. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about that too. Yeah. So, and, and I mentioned that we were going to talk about how you like skyrocket people into getting jobs. And we just recently had a huge success. I wanted yes. to talk about. Do you want to tell them what happened? I'll let you tell them. Okay. <laughs> so I had a candidate that was referred to me um, by one of my clients that I'm actually yeah. doing a job search, an exclusive job search right now. And she's like, I don't know if you can help this person, Casey, but I'd love to introduce you. And I said, I always take introductions, yeah. right? I will do whatever I can to help right. And this was not somebody I could help place in a role. But as soon as I got his resume, I was like, oh, I couldn't tell what he was doing. Right. I had no idea. And like you said, you didn't know what, what did you call it? His value add? His value add. Right. So whenever I look at a resume to start, my first question, well, I look at it through the lens of a recruiter and I say, Mm -hmm. okay, is this somebody that I want to bring in? And if I don't, if I can't answer that in the first 10 seconds, then there's a problem. Yep. Right. For sure. So the first time I look through a resume, I try to figure out, you know, is there enough there to warrant an introduction? And if there's not, then I look at it through the lens of a resume writer and I say, what can I do to make it skimmable and make them, um, make it be apparent why you need to bring that person in? You know, exactly. the value add. Yeah. And, and so this candidate that was referred to me had been looking for a year. Yeah. A year. And I, w- I talked to him and I was like, look, I, you need to work on your resume. And he's like, what's wrong with it? And I'm like, I'm going to send you to somebody that can tell you what's wrong with it. Okay. Right. And so I introduced him to you mm-hmm. and you redid his resume and sent it to me. And I was like, oh my God, now I know what he does. Right. It was beautiful. It was amazing what you did with his Thank you. original. I don't think there was anything original in there. And then, <laughs> but today I get on LinkedIn and he's announcing he's got a job and yeah. it's been a month. Yeah. Only a month. It's so amazing. 
yeah super happy for him that i well and i'm just super proud that i got to refer him to you because yeah <laughs> and and i love that relationship between because i'm not a resume writer don't want to be i don't like right. it so yeah. i love having that strategic partnership where we can you know help our candidates by using one another right, right? Right. It's like a it's like a cross partnership. Absolutely. You know, and I tell people all the time, I tell clients all the time, I'm not a recruiter. That is not my space. I can share what I know, but that's not my space. Exactly. So exactly. And resume writing's not mine. <laughs> we know where we belong. Yes. Okay. So another fun thing that happened because yeah. you are the LinkedIn pro, um, and I think it's important. Again, this goes to connections, right? And For sure. And my mentor always says, "Get your ask in gear." Love it. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's pretty good. And so I've really developed this attitude of not being afraid to put stuff out there, Fearless. knowing that it's probably going to happen. Sometimes I do, may do it a little too soon, which is kind of the case this time. Yeah. But anyway, so I published something on LinkedIn about um, an interview that I had done on goal setting. And another one of our friends, Trevor Houston, yes. the Who You Know show, pops yes. off and he's like, so what are your goals, Casey? Uh, you know, I'm not sure that he believed I had them, even though I was talking about it, but boy, did I. And I had some big ones for 2022, right? Yes, you did. And one of them was to get on a TEDx stage. And then Christy here <laughs> says, I know somebody. And I was like, oh, you need to be sure you're ready for that because you know the universe is going to deliver, right? And that was the same day. Same day. Yeah. yeah. It was exactly. crazy. And so so you sent me you hooked me up with a TEDx coach and we're yes. sitting there talking back and forth and you're tell me tell them what your ask was. Okay, so after I made this uh, introduction for Casey to a TEDx coach, then I said, by the way, <laughs> and I know this is a very big ask, but it is on my goals to have a conversation with Mel Robbins. <laughs> And literally, like if you listen to the last episode, yeah. you're going to hear the CEO or the CMO, the former CMO of Franklin Covey, offering to make an introduction to Mel Robbins to me. It's crazy. I know. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So Mel Robbins, I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to like hire a security team because of I the know. two of us. <laughs> so I, I love just sharing those connections and sharing what, how much you can accomplish when you're yeah. not afraid to ask. Right. I mean, you there's nothing to lose yeah. just by asking. Exactly. So, yeah. Nobody's going to punch you in the face, I promise. Yeah. So. All right. So let's get to talking about you. So when you decided to pursue marketing and writing, you applied to over 100, or 100 positions over a year. That's, yeah. And you were overlooked. Where you completely made sense for those roles. So yeah. um, and it, I think I remember you saying that you made several appointments with recruiters and resume writers to help build a strategy for your search. So. What did you learn that eventually brought you to do what you do today? Because you're very unique. Well, I don't know that I'm that unique, but I feel incredibly empowered because like you said, when I was going through my own job search for over a year, over a hundred applications, I didn't understand why I wasn't getting offers. I mean, not that I expected multiple offers, but like I had trouble getting interviews and I didn't understand what mm. was happening. You know, what was I doing wrong? What did I need to do more of? What did I need to do less of? And um, so I just, I was like, I need to pause and figure out what's happening, you know? And so after I had these conversations with recruiters and headhunters and I learned what I was doing wrong, I thought, you know what? I'm a fairly smart person and um, 
I think there's an opportunity to educate job seekers about what I just learned. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to Mel Robbins <laughs> on one of her uh, New Year challenges, and she challenged us. You probably remember she challenged us to do something that we were afraid of, not to let fear get on our way, mm -hmm. and to figure out what it is that you love to do, what is it that you are good at, and then figure out a way to build a business around it. And that's what I did. I thought, well, I can write, and I have this newfound knowledge for job seekers, and I enjoy marketing. So why not put them all together and help job seekers? So, I think that is beautiful. And I do think that the way you go about it is unique. So at least from my experience in dealing with you, maybe I'm just sheltered. I don't know, but I'm going to just choose to believe that you're one of a kind. Well, thanks. <laughs> So what is one common mistake you see job seekers do when searching for a job? So there's a lot of things that they're doing, but the one thing that really uh, stood out to me is, and was the biggest aha moment for me, was being a jack of all trades. So mm. if you have varied experience, you have a tendency to want to load all of that experience onto the resume to build your case. And as you know, as a recruiter, when you look at a resume and it, they have all of this different experience, all of these different experiences, you ask yourself, what does this person really wanna do? There's confusion. And so my my biggest piece of advice I would say would be to pick a lane and stick in it, you know? <laughs> um, don't try to be a jack of all trades on your resume because then you're a master of none. Is that yep. how the phrase goes? Yep, that's exactly how it goes. Yeah, so. Uh, so I'm curious, um, I'm definitely, if I ever, ever, hopefully never have to find another job, gonna yeah. have to do pick a lane because, you know, for me, I have people that look at my LinkedIn all the time and they're like, what do you do? I say, I do all of it. I do all of that. Right. <laughs> so, but they're like, but what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard for people to comprehend that, you know, I basically have like four different careers going on right now, you know, at the same time. So mm -hmm. um, I will definitely need some help on distilling that if I, and when or if I ever have to look for another job, please no, please no, I don't no, want to. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather stay here. So I really like this question about, you know, what you need to do after losing your job. And one of the things you tell people to do is to Google themselves and to clean up their social media accounts. And so yeah. I know as a recruiter, I will often Google um, candidates to see what information I can find because I've actually had offers rescinded because of social media. I'm sure you've seen it's that not too. Surprising, yeah. yeah. So how important is it to go back and clean up information and, you know, and how far do you go back to remove it from your digital presence? Well, I mean, go back as far as you can. You know, the, like I said, the first thing you should do is Google yourself and see what comes up. And if you are scrolling and looking at photos or events you've attended or views that you have, there's nothing wrong with having a view, mm -hmm. but you need to be very careful about how you present yourself. Um, to your point, as a recruiter, the first place you typically go is LinkedIn. And LinkedIn, it's either working for you or against mm -hmm. you 24-7. So make sure that your LinkedIn profile is delivering the message that you want it to deliver, right? And then, of course, you need to do the same thing on Facebook yes. and Twitter and Instagram, all of the media out there. Take the time, clean it up.
I think that is so important. And, and as I mentioned, I actually had an offer rescinded um, one time because of social media and it was um, <clears throat> because of somebody's Twitter. And what had happened, so, I mean, the girl did great in her interview. She did yeah. great when she went to um, meet, in, well, meet in person. And then um, they were going to make her an offer. We knew an offer was coming. And then all of a sudden I get a call from the hiring manager. He's like, nope, pull it. I'm like, why? Wow. And he said, I just went and looked at her Twitter and she's sitting there bashing the company that she's with right now. He goes, oh. I can't have that toxicity in my office. If she will bash them, I don't care how bad they are, she's going to bash us and that's just going to cause problems. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So. And especially the younger generation is so used to being on social media mm -hmm. all the time. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, kids in college. <laughs> It's scary. Yes. I actually did a whole um, radio tour about scrubbing your social media. Mm -hmm. Because especially when it comes to politics. Yes. So it's, 100%. it's so bad. And even scrubbing your resume. Because like, you know, if you have something on your resume, like I was part of the Democratic Party and or supported or raised funds for whatever you did, that it, there, there's so many studies that can say that it will bias the um, person right. that's looking at the resumes yeah so it's just best not to have that on there and like and so many people are being so outspoken about you know the whole state of the nation right now COVID policies you yeah. know pandemic issues all that kind of stuff and I say keep it to yourself if you're looking yeah. for a job if you're looking for a job yeah you don't need to be discussing anything that is controversial or potentially controversial yep. Yep. And I'm curious when you go to remove that stuff from your media or from your social, because I've heard that you can't permanently remove it. I think it's safe to assume that you can't remove it. I mean, permanently. Right. I, I don't know, but let's just tell everybody, no, you can't permanently remove it. Okay. That will keep them from doing it. Hey, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I think what happens is like if it gets like picked up by other like servers or something like that. Yeah. Like it can still surface off the dark web. Well, and certainly if you were to post something and then I were to screen grab it. Yeah. And then you could delete it the next day, but I still have that picture. So does it really yeah. ever go away? Mm -mm. Likely not. Likely not. Yeah. Behave people. Come on. <laughs> so, okay. What is one piece of a strong resume you think every job seeker should include? I'm very curious about this. Oh God. Um, Okay, so when I'm designing resumes, the goal is to get the attention of a recruiter and mm -hmm. to get them to say, yes, I want to bring this person in for more information. So you need to have something that I call the wow factor. You need to have one or two significant accomplishments or achievements mm -hmm. and make sure they're relevant to the role you're applying to. And I like to stick them kind of in the middle of the first page but then I call them out through shading so that you can quickly find them. So when you're scam scamming, when you're, <laughs> when you're skimming the resume, you naturally go down, right? But this mm -hmm. is going to pop off in the middle. So you need to have one or two significant accomplishments or achievements to grab your attention and make you want to read more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What are, your, what are your thoughts on people including their picture on the resume? So I'm not a fan. Okay. Um, Back to bias, you know, age discrimination is real. And if there's a picture on there, there could be some discrimination that happens. I don't know, but I don't feel like it's something that's really going to help build your case or support you in getting that interview. Unless, of course, 
you're applying for a role where you would be on camera or in front of camera. Exactly. Then it would be important. Exactly. So, yeah. So I agree with you on that because I think that not only does it, you know, create could create bias, right? right? But it also could create a discrimination right. issue, you know, because, and, and that's what I tell candidates to have that on there. I'm like, you know, if you're a girl and you don't get hired, you can possibly, and this is very simple, possibly make the case you didn't get hired because you were a girl. Right. And, and they would know that whether probably by name, whatever, right. but that's just an example. Um, or let's say you are um, of another race and you have your picture on there and you don't get hired and you could say it's, you know, because I'm not right. what you wanted. I mean, if you think about it, your resume really, your, like, your picture shouldn't build your case. Your experience should build your exactly. case. Your results should build your case. Your accomplishments should build your case. Not this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I want to get your opinion on this too. When it comes to resume writing, yeah. start with the most recent, go back. Yes. On the jobs? Yes. Okay. Yes. So there's three different types of resumes. You've got your chronological, you've got your functional, and then you've got your combination, chronological, functional, and then you have the designer style resume. And um, from what I hear from recruiters, they appreciate the chronological yes. over the functional. I'm not 100% sure why. I would actually love to flip the script and ask you about that. So when you say functional, you're talking about like what you're doing versus I was at this company and I did this. I was at this company right. and I did this. So a couple of reasons, because I like to see how often you had that experience mm. in a role. Okay. But I also want, I got to see how long you stayed in each company. Okay. Because yeah. a lot of my clients, they rely on me. That's why they hire me and pay me the fee to make sure that I'm going to find them a credible candidate and somebody that's not going to be a job hopper. Yeah. That's a real thing. You yeah. Know? So if I see somebody that does a functional resume, I automatically think they're trying to hide something. They're trying to hide the fact that they're a job hopper. That's where my head goes. That is so interesting. And I'm glad that you shared that because I honestly have wondered that. For yeah. me, as a resume writer, I like the functional, but I also know that recruiters mm -hmm. don't, so I try to avoid that. So, and what was the last one you said? The uh, well, combination, but then there's the designer the style. The designer style. Yeah. We don't like those either. Yeah, I know. And neither <laughs> do the ATSs. No, they don't. That's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. ATSs don't either. And no. also, and we've talked about this before on the show, if you're using, if you're submitting to an ATS, you need to submit a Word document, not a PDF. Yes. Because they don't parse correctly. That is 100%. Yep. So the only time that I really recommend using the designer style is number one, if you are a creative and they're looking yep. for that skill set. I agree with that. Um, and then number two, if you're going to do uh, the designer style, then you need to be sending it directly yes. to the company. Make sure you're not email. going through an ATS. Yeah. Don't go through an ATS. Otherwise, it's just going to get destroyed and you might as well not even send it. Exactly. Yeah. It's such good advice. So, okay. So, now that we're talking kind of about ATSs, yes. you know, are there any specific keywords that you can use on your um, resume to grab a hiring manager's attention? For sure. What? what? Tell me, tell me. Okay. So if you think about it, if you're looking at a job posting, mm -hmm. it gives you clues. They are literally telling yes. you the kind of person that would do best yep. in this role. I mean, they are spelling it out. 
And so if you are not skimming, not skimming, if you are not reading that posting and looking for the skills that they are requiring, whether it be soft skills or hard skills, it's a missed opportunity. So what I do is I will grab the post, put it in a Word document, and then I will go through and highlight mm. those skills that jump out at me and make sure that those keywords slash skills are included throughout the resume. But the second piece behind that is if they have that experience, obviously, right. but then also whatever you say you're good at or skilled at or great at, be sure that you can back it up with yes. an example on the resume. That is so important. People yeah. say that they can do these. In fact, I just had a client come back to me and say, we're not going to see these, this person because she said she could do it, but she didn't prove that she could do it. Exactly. Yeah. It's made, saved, achieved, right? There was something else I was going to tell you about all that, but it went. Um, oh, oh, I know what it was. Have you heard of a website called jobscan.com? Yes. That is so great. It is a great tool for job seekers, but what I learned, which I was surprised at, you can upload your resume to um, JobScan and they can rate how it would perform mm -hmm. for a particular role, but you, it's highly unlikely that you're gonna get 100% match. Of course. And it almost looks weird, like what you would have to do to make it be the 100% match. The rest, it would just not read well at mm -hmm. all. Um, so a good score from what I've read is around 65% okay. or 70% Okay, match. that's good to know. I didn't know that. So yeah. I knew you didn't want to do 100%, but I also know that if you're going through ATSs, mm -hmm. this can be critical yeah. to getting through that ATS because yes. if you don't have enough keywords, your resume is not going to bubble up to the top at all. Right. And so a way to get around that, if that's the right word, around mm -hmm. that is networking. Yeah. Right? So if you are not seeing the results that you feel like you deserve and you feel like those keywords are in there, you might have to step out and start doing more networking with other people that can make those introductions for you exactly and hand deliver the resume to the hiring manager or to the HR department. And, and you know, I can't remember what the statistic is, but it's pretty high about the percentage of people that actually find a job through their networking, oh, yeah. not through the job boards, not through. Right. And here's the critical thing. You don't need to be networking when you need a job, right? You need to be networking before you need a job. You need to build those credible relationships. You need to, you know, feed that well so that yes. when you do need them, they're there and they don't think that you're just there because you want something. Exactly. So got to hit that networking for yeah. sure. Yep. So what advice would you provide to a young professional who doesn't have much experience using LinkedIn? For example, what if you're a co recent college graduate? And I'll tell you a story about that. So yeah. wh what do they need to do with their LinkedIn? Hire me. <laughs> No, seriously, that, Kevin. they, okay, there's this whole mindset that LinkedIn is just for old people, right? Not true. No, not true. And there's also a mindset out there that LinkedIn is only for well-established professionals. Correct. That's not true either. LinkedIn, as you know, is this incredible community of professionals that are willing and eager to help people. Yes. Right? So, um, also, because you're a recent college grad and there's not a lot of recent college graduates on there, you are going to um, stand out. You, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. yeah. Because 
so many college graduates aren't on there. So get on there, establish a profile, and start building your network. Yep. Not out of need. Exactly. Out of true partnership, collaboration, learning. Absolutely. And I might add to that discovery interviews. I mean, those have been around forever, right? I'm not sure what a discovery interview is. Like, if I were to reach out, if I wanted to be a recruiter, mm -hmm. and I'm a recent recent college graduate, I would reach out to some established recruiters and say, hey, do you have 15 minutes that you could, Ooh. that I could pick your brain and learn what it's like to be a recruiter and some challenges you faced or what experience do you recommend? Just trying to understand more or learn more about that particular role. So I recommend, especially for recent college graduates, to find some people in your network that are already in the role that you're seeking that's so beautiful. that you can learn more. I think that's beautiful. I, and yeah. I love that you call it a discovery interview. So no, that's great. I love that. And if you ask them for just 15 minutes, you know, if you give them that yes. out to where it's only 15 minutes, you'd be amazed at what you can learn in 15 minutes. And people are more likely to say yes if they know that there's a hard stop at 15 minutes versus an hour. You know what? And I absolutely, <clears throat> when people reach out to me on LinkedIn yeah. like that, I, you know me, I'll talk to anybody that wants to talk. So, um, but, it, but I feel like there's value. I get something valuable out of every conversation. And right. so, you know, and it might be the next introduction or it might be, you know, whatever it may be, but I think that's so important. But yeah, but if somebody, um, it, but you have to be intentional with it, right? Because what I hate more than anything else on LinkedIn for all of you listening, okay? <laughs> is for somebody to connect with me and as soon as i connect immediately start selling to me uh, yeah that's so rude no. so rude it should go simply something like this hey are you open to connecting yes i am great how can i best support you yes give an offer first yeah. exactly make it about them so what other advice can you share with our job seekers to help them approach their jobs feeling confident and prepared Okay, so interviewing, right? Okay. Um, a lot of times you will Google the top questions to ask. Don't do that. In an interview. <laughs> and what, they, what I don't see enough of is asking the kinds of questions that help you, the job seeker, mm -hmm. determine if it's a good fit. So questions that you might ask the hiring manager. Um, what do you feel are required skills for this position to be a success or how does your team celebrate wins that's a good one or um what was a challenge that the person that was last in this role faced mm -hmm. so you really want to get an idea into culture you know are you going to vibe with this hiring manager yep. are you going to be a good fit in the company what do they do they suit up or is it a casual work environment i mean there's all these different questions that you can ask to really pinpoint if an opportunity is a good fit for you you know and i the reason i say don't google your questions is because everybody does that the hiring managers are hearing those questions all the time yeah i really when i'm coaching and prepping my candidates for an interview i ask them to be curious yeah come with some curiosity Break it up into three buckets, ask questions about the company, ask some questions about the culture, and ask some questions about the position itself, because you can need to know what you're gonna have to be doing. Yeah. But here's the question that I've started having them ask recently. Yeah. How did your company handle the pandemic? That's a great question. That's gonna tell you volumes. Yeah, you're right. If they answer honestly. 
And if they answer, but they get very flustered. Yes. That's a, a red flag. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that that's a critical question for job seekers. Yeah. So, well, this has been absolutely amazing. I've loved this conversation with you. I could talk about this all day long. <laughs> no, you could. Unfortunately, I'm getting the snake eye over there. So uh -oh. I'm saying, wrap it up. Just kidding. Trey doesn't ever do that. Yeah. Um, but I do want to ask you our VIP questions before okay. I let you off the hook. Okay. So are you right. ready? I think I'm ready. Okay. So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what yes. three things or people would you take with you? Uh, music. Okay. Because that's a big thing for me is music. Um, Mel Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> You're like fangirling. I know. Okay. Um, God. Okay. He yeah. can get you out of anything. Yes, he can. That's awesome. Yeah. What's one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? I listen to um, inspiring music. One or two songs. I have a couple of go-to songs that really get me motivated and ready to tackle the day. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Fearless female overcomes life struggles and is inspiring others. Well, you are definitely doing that because you inspire me. So, Aww, how, do, how do people find you? I know people are going to be dying to hire you to write resumes and do LinkedIn and all the yeah. good stuff. So, you can find me on LinkedIn, Christy Taylor Meenan, or on Facebook, Christy Taylor Meenan. Um, and, you know, LinkedIn is my happy place. I love LinkedIn <laughs> I so much, you know, and I would love to get to know anybody that is not seeing the kind of results that they had anticipated on their job search. I really enjoy helping job seekers navigate the often murky waters of job seeking. So. Well, and I just want to remind our audience that you are a certified resume writer. That's a thing. It is a thing and you can't just pay for it. Like there's a test. You have to submit work and it gets approved or denied. That so, is awesome. Yeah, that is so I awesome. love it. Well, I am so glad and you know, because you're so passionate, I feel like you're the you're you're, you're the the yin to my yang when it comes to recruiting and resume writing because <laughs> yes. like, you've got the passion for that yes. and I'm passionate about helping people find jobs so yeah. I think it works out so it's well. It's a good mix. Yeah. Well, I just have one last thing to say to you. Yes. You are a VIP. Oh, thanks. You too. <laughs> and that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.